USC is failing Caleb Williams by having Alex Grinch as his defensive coordinator. And I don't feel sorry for Caleb Williams. You are Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to this reaction episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view post week 10 viewing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and your number one source to stay up to date with our media rights and soon to be mostly team free. But until then, beloved and loaded conference of champions. Like, comment, subscribe, rate, and review, please. And thank you wherever you listen to or watch this show, which is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. So, USC loses a big game in which they score checks notes forty two points. Where oh where have I heard that one before? Oh, that's right. Every defense that Alex Grinch has uh, uh, been a part of for Lincoln Riley, it is his unquestionable blind spot. Lincoln Riley had a great game. The problem is Lincoln Riley doesn't have a great team because Alex Grinch is the defensive coordinator. There's more talent on that defense than than there appears to be. They have guys who would start on other teams. Kalen Bullock, good player. Eric Gentry, good player. Mason Cobb, good player. Bear Alexander, good player. These are all conference caliber players in my view. You got several of those and their defense is atrocious. Absolutely atrocious. Washington, a team that throws the football, Goes for 52 in your home stadium and wait for it. They ran for over 300 yards with Dylan Johnson. I mean, it was laughable. It was like playing NCAA 14 on freshmen. Just toss sweep. No one can get to the edge. They can't make the adjustment. And so after the game, there's an image of Caleb Williams. You know, we can't see his face. His helmet is on. His mom's covering it, whatever. Like I I have no problem with with that because the guy cares. I love that he cares about college football. I like that. I like that he is upset. Absolutely. Some people took that to, you know, have a reaction of, oh, I feel so bad for Caleb Williams. I feel, man, you got to feel for the guy. He's, he's putting it all out there. I feel bad for him in that sense. I don't feel that bad for him. Number one, he's an adult. He's about to be taken number one overall in the NFL draft. He proved that by the way, all the Caleb Williams doubters out there. I think it's kind of hard to question the guy, right? Pretty hard to question him after that game. Yeah, he got a little bit careless. So does Patrick Mahomes. That's who he's compared to. That's exactly who he's going to end up being if he's given the right situation in the NFL. He went for 312 and three touchdowns, 42 points, and his team loses the football game. USC is letting him down. Well, yeah, at some level they are. I don't feel that bad for Caleb Williams. You know who could have used Caleb Williams today? The Oklahoma Sooners. Their defense in a big game on the road gave up 27 points. Now, in a loss earlier this year, Oklahoma's defense gave up 38 points. That's that's not great either. Caleb Williams is losing these big football games. His offenses that he is at the center of and is just making the most spectacularly epic plays sometimes with some clever designs from Lincoln Riley. Yeah, he's scoring 42 or more points. Just about every time. Tulane last year. What was that? 42 points? I think it was 45-42. Utah, Pac-12 title game. They didn't get to 42 there. But they did 
earlier in the year in Salt Lake City, 42 points. Washington, 42 points. They lost by 10. They lost by 10 points at home. And Caleb Williams in the USC offense scored over 40 points. But I don't feel bad for him. I don't take pity on him. He knew exactly what he was getting into. He had to have. He watched Alex Grinch coach those Oklahoma defenses for years. He made a conscious decision. I want to go play for Lincoln Riley at USC. I want to be part of the USC brand. That is worth more financially than the Oklahoma brand from an NIL standpoint. All of these things went into Caleb Williams, in all likelihood, deciding to go play for USC. That's a choice. Guess what? Here's what I was taught growing up. Actions have consequences, and life is about choices. Caleb Williams made a choice to go play for USC with Lincoln Riley a coach who has never, not once in his career, valued defense. You know how I know that? Because his teams stink at it every single year. They get torched week in and week out, and he keeps bringing back the same defensive coordinator and telling USC fans, I I honestly don't understand how if you're a USC booster, you would give another penny to that program while Grinch is still the defensive coordinator. What has he ever shown? Going back to his days at Oklahoma. But if you're Caleb Williams, you knew. You knew that Lincoln Riley was going to bring Alex Grinch with him. This is what you signed up for. You could have stayed in Oklahoma. You could have been the poster child of anti-portal culture in 2023. And Oklahoma would love you right now. And you'd be on a team that is better than USC. Would only have one loss at the most, if that. And would be in the conversation to win a conference championship and a college football playoff berth. Instead, you're on a team that plays no defense, and that's a choice that you made. You have to live with the consequences of your own actions. And USC is not a terrible football team, but they're not a great one. And Caleb Williams is a lot better than Dylan Gabriel. I have never been that high on Gabriel, even after the Red River win. I didn't think he's that great. And if Caleb Williams is there, Oklahoma is a playoff, Big 12, and national championship contender. He wanted to go play for USC. This is what you got. This is what you got. We've all watched Alex Grinch year after year stink up a storm as a defensive coordinator. There is not a program worth its salt at the Power 5 level anywhere, and I'm including Vanderbilt, that based on his track record would hire him as a defensive coordinator. There's not a single one. But Lincoln Riley does because he's got a blind spot. Everybody's got one. But this whole, oh, I feel for Caleb Williams. A competitor lost a tough game. I get that. But the whole USC is failing him. No, Caleb failed Caleb. Not USC. Because USC made their decision very clear. We want Lincoln Riley. He's bringing Alex Grinch with him. You have to know what you're getting into. You have to know what you're getting into. He had to have. He watched it for multiple years at Oklahoma. And this is what he signed up for. And this is what you get. And it's a shellacking defensively. Let me let me read you some just, just gaudy numbers here. First of all, this game, uh, the over hit. I thought about giving that out as a Pac-12 prime pick. Uh, I did like the over, even when it went up to 76 and a half. I wasn't too far off on the score. I had 45-41. We're at 52-42. Mm, it was not bad. Off by a touchdown and a point, respectively. Washington goes for 572 yards. They only threw for 256. Michael Penix had 256 passing yards and an interception in the game. And the Huskies went for 52 points in Los Angeles home field. That can't sit well with fans. 
to watch the Huskies just run up and down the field. I mean, what were they doing out there? It was just the same two plays. Hey, what if we run a toss sweep? Well, what if they know we're going to do it? No, 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 no. Here's what we'll do. Sometimes we'll run toss sweep to the right, and sometimes we'll run it to the left. They're not going to know what to do. Well, guess what? Props to Ryan Grubb and Kalen DeBoer, who were probably on the headset going, uh, let's run this until they stop it because they're not stopping it. Dylan Johnson. Oh, boy. 26 carries, 256 yards, and four touchdowns. By the way, Oregon uh, hosts USC next week at Autzen Stadium. They have these two guys. Uh, one's name is Bucky Irving. The other is Jordan James. They average uh, between seven and eight yards per carry on the season. I bid the Trojans defense good luck in uh, slowing them down. It's not going to be easy. So Washington runs all over the field, proving once again what we already knew, which is they are a Pac-12 and college football playoff and national championship contender. They they absolutely are. And, and more on Washington in just a moment. And uh, a team they almost lost to in Arizona. You see those Wildcats play? Someone here on this show tried to hand out Arizona plus two and a half. Another winning week for the Pac-12 prime picks. Look at that. Uh, Got to talk more about Washington. If you want to go to any Pac-12 game, though, game time is the way to go. There, there's still a few weeks left in the regular season. There's Pac-12 championship in Las Vegas. I will be in attendance regardless of who's playing. And you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, game time takes the guesswork out of buying Tickets. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase, and they're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. So if you change your mind last minute after it already begins in the first quarter, halfway through, you go, I want to go to the game. Game Time has got tickets there. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-C-O-L-L-E-G-E. That's Locked On College for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Gosh, I feel like I'm on a heater right now. Recording a podcast after midnight, it's, it gives you some kind of juice that you just can't replicate during the day. So Washington continues to be impressive. I thought they'd win this game. Thought they were the bet of the week. They cover, win by 10, on the road, 52 points. Here's what impresses me about Washington. They are winning football games in a variety of ways. Now, are there defensive questions? Yep, big time. Big, big time. 42 points against USC. Not necessarily the end of the world, but when the backdrop is 33 points against Stanford the week prior, ask a question or two about the defense might have to discuss that with Roman Tomashoff of locked on Huskies next week, but Washington goes to nine and zero. they've got three tough games left hosting Utah at Oregon state hosting Washington state in uh, the last iteration, as we know it of the apple cup. Now the Cougs are in a tough spot. My heart breaks for the Cougs. Honestly, it does because they're going through it in the realignment sphere, and they've lost five consecutive games, and the last two are to bad teams, Arizona State and Stanford. Not good teams. Put up seven points at home. Defense finally bounced back. Offense not there. I feel for the Cougs. I really, really do. 
it's just tough to be a fan in Pullman right now. It's not good. Not good vibes. So anyway, in Seattle, the situation is different. I have seen Washington this year blitz teams with their passing attack, blitz a team with their rushing attack, win a game with their defense, win when they're kind of balanced, but leaning towards the pass in a close game against Oregon. They're, they're showing they've got a lot of pitches in their arsenal. Great relievers nowadays in Major League Baseball are fastball slider, right? Have a hard fastball and a good hard slider, and you're good. But starting pitchers who are going to throw six, seven, or eight innings, maybe even nine if they have a great game, can't get by with two pitches. Can't get by with two pitches. You got to have fastball. You got to have a slider or a curveball, probably a changeup in there, or at least a cutter or a two-seam, something else. So it's not a 50-50 guessing proposition as to what the hitter is about to get. Washington has shown they've got a four or five pitch arsenal. They can run the football with Dylan Johnson. They can be relatively balanced. They can just come out and throw it with Michael Penix all the time. And look, did his Heisman candidacy get a big bump this week with those numbers? No, but guess what? What do you care about more in Seattle? Michael Penix's Heisman campaign or making the college football playoff and having a chance to win the national championship. This year in college football feels as wide open as ever. A lot of teams vying for those playoff spots. Ohio State might lose to Michigan one day. That's going to open up an opportunity for Washington to get into the playoff. They control their own fate to get there. We'll see what happens with Florida State. We'll see what happens with Texas. We'll see what happens with Oregon. We'll see what happens with Alabama. They're back in the mix. Don't sleep on the tide now. A lot of teams gunning for it. It's going to be a wild final few weeks of the regular season and conference championship week. But Washington's in a great position. And Washington keeps winning games in different ways. And that's really, really impressive for the Huskies. So I think the dogs are in a great spot. I still get the sense they drop one of Utah or Oregon State. The Beavs being the more likely one on the road. Did you see what Utah just did to, can I call Arizona State Washington's nemesis? Can I do that? Is that allowed? Is that fair? I don't know. Husky fans, tell me in the comment section. But the results are pretty undeniable. Last team to beat Washington, Arizona State. Only team to hold them without an offensive touchdown this year, Arizona State. So I I, I guess they've got the secret sauce. Utah just ran them off the face of the earth. It was 55-3. to three. Now, the Sun Devils, granted, at one point in time, I think had to put Jalen Conyers, a tight end, in at quarterback because of injuries. Pretty crazy situation there that they've got three guys now battling injuries. Trenton Borgay went out there on one leg. That was a tough spot for, for the Sun Devils to be in. Utah just reminded everybody, though, hey, we're not bad. Not bad. Got housed by Oregon the week prior. Got outplayed. Oregon's a really good team. Utah's not bad, and they're not going to roll over easily. We'll see how I feel about that game when uh, the time comes. But, oh, man. Oh, man, let's talk about Arizona. Let's talk about Arizona. So I remember at one point in time, people in the Twitter sphere, and this is, this is just a great example of how social media is, mm, not everybody's as right on there as they think they are all the time. Arizona had a gauntlet of a schedule they were staring at. Washington State, Oregon State, UCLA. They played USC. They played Washington. Look at all these ranked teams. Oh, it's going to be tough and brutal and terrible. And some of us looked at it and said, they're going to win at least one of those games. They could even win two. 
Well, here they are having won three straight. Arizona knocking off UCLA. That game just went finals. I'm recording this show. Uh, what a performance by the Arizona defense. 27 to 10, the final score in this one. Arizona rolls number 19 UCLA. The Arizona Wildcats, get ready for this. Get ready. Are you ready? Are you ready? No, you're not ready. You think you're ready. You're not actually ready. The Arizona Wildcats are about to be in the top 25 poll in the college football playoff come Tuesday. They just beat the number 19 team in the country previously, UCLA, who might fall out to be unranked, might be number 25. I think they should probably be number 25. We'll see. Arizona just beat them by 17 points. That man, Noah Fafita. Oh, boy. I came on this show weeks ago and said, you got to stick with Fafita no matter what. Yeah, this would be why. This would be why. This is a 6-3 and three Arizona team. They are one play in overtime against USCOA from having the inside track to the Pac-12 championship game and being 7-2. and Arizona is a good football team. They play real defense. They made upgrades in the offseason. They run the football. They throw the football. This is the first time ever that Arizona, they had Gronk on the sideline for it, by the way, have won three straight games against ranked opponents. Washington State, 44-6. Oregon State, beat them. UCLA, 27-10. They're not just beating these teams. They're beating them by double digits. Jed Fish, good football coach. Good play caller. Johnny Nansen has done great work on the defensive side of the ball for Arizona. I am so liking this Arizona team. They go on the road against Colorado next week. Before the year, I thought Arizona would be a 7-5 and five team. I might have undervalued them. I might have undervalued them. Do you know who they have left on their schedule? The Arizona Wildcats? They've got Colorado on the road, Utah at home, where they've already beaten two ranked teams back-to-back, and then they go at Arizona State. Tell me you can't see Arizona winning all three of those football games. Tell me you can't see it, because I can see it. You're not ready for a 9-3 and three Arizona team. I am. I'm ready for a 9-3 and three Arizona team, because, boy, I have liked what Jed Fish has been building the last couple of years. Has not been immediate. It's not a microwave. It's a crockpot sort of build, but, boy, that brisket looks like it is sitting in its own juice and it is pull apart tender with a fork. Like what I'm seeing there down in Tucson. Man, those Wildcats are good. Next week in the Pac-12 is going to be fun. It's going to be really, really fun. Utah goes at Washington. The Huskies, by the way, have won 16 straight games. They just win. They just keep winning football games. I mentioned how they win in different ways. They just keep winning football games. That's all they do. They just, they just keep winning. Oregon hosts USC. Could be a lot of points from the Ducks in that one. And the rest of the matchups, eh, just okay. You know, Oregon State, Stanford, UCLA, Arizona State, those teams probably win those games. Arizona at Colorado, we'll see. Hostile environment, the Beavs. I want to share a couple of thoughts on the Beavs. couple of thoughts on the Beavs who did beat Colorado. Did not cover as I predicted them to. They uh, Colorado with the backdoor cover. Second straight week. They have tanked a pick in the Pac-12 prime picks with a backdoor cover. Pretty annoying with the buffs right now. But I have thoughts on the Beavs because that's, of course, the more relevant team. Prize picks is relevant because they're, uh, wait for it, the largest daily fantasy sports platform in all of North America. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports is just you against the numbers. 
That's all it is. Instead of battling thousands of other players and pros and sharks and everybody like that, you just pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and you watch the winnings roll in. It's that easy. It is that easy. Prize picks is the most fun you'll have winning up to, you know, as much money as you possibly can, as sharp as you can be this fall and football season. Basketball season is here. You can parlay those sorts of picks. Like you can do LeBron James, Travis Kelsey combined over 10 and a half three pointers and receptions. Be a pretty good over bet, by the way. Travis Kelsey hits, uh, you know, nine receptions. LeBron hits three triples. Boom. Easy. And LeBron only need to hit two. Actually, he might go under two and a half. LeBron doesn't shoot a lot of threes anymore. Anyway, you can put all this sort of stuff together however you want. PrizePix even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. So go to prizepix.com slash college. Use code college for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepix.com slash college. Use code college for a first deposit match up to $100. Okay, I have some thoughts on the beefs. 26 to 19, Oregon State beats Colorado. Four and two in Pac 12 play are the beefs, seven and two overall on the season. I didn't think it was the best game Oregon State has played this year. I definitely didn't think it was the worst. Here's the encouraging part to me I'll start optimistic and no, I'll go pessimistic first and then I'll go, I'll go optimistic. Colorado is one and five in Pac 12 play. Their only win so far, not a great one against Arizona State. Not a bad one. You know, ASU's been playing better, but not a great one. Oregon State offensively, I thought they'd do a little bit more in this game. My score prediction was 31-16, to 16, final score 26-19. to 19. Had the range about right, just not quite correct with the numbers. So Colorado covers here, and you know what they say, good teams win, great teams cover. But... Overall, I thought Oregon State was in control of the game. You know, they led 14 to 3 and and then Jonathan Smith made another weird decision. You know, he was up 17. Colorado goes offsides on an extra point. Oregon State tries to go for two from the 1-yard line, snaps it over DJ's head and Colorado runs it back for two points. Didn't hurt him in this game. I don't know what you're gaining being up 19 instead of 18. You know, if it were 17 instead of 16, I would understand it. I I have actually thought that for a long time in in college or pro football. If you score a touchdown to go up 15 points, or if you score a touchdown that puts you up seven points and you're kicking the extra point to go up eight, or you're kicking the extra point to go up 16 I would 100% go for two every time because the upside is so much greater than the downside. Is it a guarantee your opponent will convert a two point conversion to, you know, tie the game or if you're up 16 compare or com- convert two of them? No, but is it zero? No. And the odds of your opponent being able to score nine points on one possession or 17 in two are wait for it. Zero. There's a 0% chance of that. So I get it in certain situations. I just wonder what Jonathan Smith is going to do next and whether or not it costs them in the Washington or Oregon games in their last two weeks of the regular season. So the Beavs play Stanford at home this week. They'll win, no problem. They're at Research Stadium. Then it's Washington the final week for the home finale. Then it's Oregon for the Civil War in Eugene. 
And the Ducks, of course, look really good and have been a dominant team at home. I just wonder if that aggressive mindset with the ways it has backfired in the last couple of weeks, if that continues to come up, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see with, with Jonathan Smith. But I thought this was a solid performance from the Beavs. They've struggled on the road this year. Their defense played well. You know, the touchdown they allowed was with less than two minutes to go. Until then, they had really stopped. Andrew Chatfield Jr. is a beast. The Florida transfer, that guy's a menace in the front four. Easily the Beavs' best pass rusher. Shador Sanders was under pressure all day. It's how the game should have looked from a defensive standpoint. I think offensively, DJU has some great moments. And then he has those moments where you're like, just, you know, what what exactly was that? You know, another day, another DJ Uyungle road game where he completes 50% of his passes. 12-24, 223 yards and a touchdown. Great average depth of target. I mean, 12 completions, 224 yards, outstanding. I think that's just what he is at this point. I think that's just what he is. And that's good enough for Oregon State. And it's still better than what they had a season ago. Don't know if that's going to be enough to beat Oregon at Autzen Stadium or Washington at Reeser because those teams are playing really, really well. Uh, last thing, I, I want to reiterate a heartfelt just empathy with the Cougs fans up in Pullman. Can't beat Arizona State on the road. Can't beat Stanford at home. Crowd is starting to dwindle in their support of the Cougs at Martin Stadium. And I just hate to see it. It legitimately, no offense to Stanford. My grandparents went there. I think Troy Taylor's doing a really good job. Two Pac-12 wins is more than I thought they'd get before the year. I undervalued them because they have gotten much better and he's doing marvelous work. My heart breaks for the Cougs here. It really, really does because they don't deserve this realignment stuff. And to have a five-game losing streak piled on top of that, it just, it's got to feel horrible. And I think that sucks. And a five-game losing streak with losses to, uh, to Arizona State and Stanford is as bad as it is. It is compounded sevenfold by the prospect of this being the last power five football season Washington state plays for the foreseeable future. And then as you think about, you know, six, seven years down the line, whatever round of realignment, the beefs could get swooped up by the big 12, for instance, maybe the ACC. I don't know. Doesn't help when you have seasons like this doesn't help your case. Oregon state's doing really, really well. Stoke for the beefs on that front. They're making themselves an appealing candidate, but Washington state, the momentum thing matters. Relevance matters when you're not a premier academic institution or if you don't have a stupid amount of money. Cal Stanford, academic institutions, big time powers. ACC picks up SMU. Why? A lot of money. A lot of money in a big market. They don't have those things. They need the results on the field. And this sucks. Like, I'm sorry, Coug fans. I did not see this coming. I don't think any, I don't think anybody. Even fans that donned the purple in Seattle saw this coming after a 4-0 start. I didn't think Washington State could do better than 9-3 and this year. I didn't think I would ever see the day where Cam Ward and Jake Dickert would lose five consecutive football games, including consecutive outings to ASU and Stanford, who have won a combined three league games this year. Two of them against the Cougs. Did not think 
I would see that. And it sucks. I'm here for you, Cougs fans, forever and always. I hope they get great news. Great news on the realignment, rights to the Pac-12 and everything like that could go a long way up in Pullman right now because the vibes are low and I don't know how they turn this thing around. And they've got they've got three games left and they got to win two of them to get to a bowl game. And they've got one against Cal, the Apple Cup with Washington as well. And then their other game is Colorado at home. You got to win your next two games because I can't say I'm going into Seattle and, and upsetting the Huskies. You are locked on Pac-12. You're- I didn't mean to click that. I apologize. But I could edit it out, but it's two seconds. It didn't take that much time off your life. So I think we're all right. Appreciate everyone listening. I'll see you next time. And until then, hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.